Pod Conduit Media. You are now listening to the Hey, all you dreamers. Welcome to another episode of Hyrule Podcasters. The podcast of the Windfish. I'm your co-host, Ben. And I'm your co-host, Pat. On this audio-only Let's Play, we venture through each game in Nintendo's Zelda franchise. Yep, we're pretty practiced gamers, but we're not experts or purists. We're just experiencing each game start to finish. And this season, we're playing The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DX for the Game Boy Color. Yeah, buddy. How you feeling about it? I'm so excited. I'm so amped. You know, I was going to replay <laughs> this game before we started the season, but... Uh, Same. I didn't. I, I waited because I'm, like, excited to... Re I haven't played it this year, let's say. Okay. What about you? Did you end up playing it? Uh, in the interim? Yeah, so I, I played about 90 minutes of it just to you know, re-remember it. Um, like most things, it was a project that I started and didn't finish. <laughs> uh, you can see that on our on our Twitter account that I run. I think I in like two days, I'm like, oh, I'm at the third dungeon, and then just like, boo! You know, so it goes. To be fair, we do start and finish a lot of projects. We introduced today's episode the same way that we introduced... One of our recent side quest episodes, our Mega Ran interview, because his book is called The Dream Master. We had him on. We talked about his music, got a little I Love Vigi Games talk in there. And we've been introducing our new podcast the same exact way. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that's a coincidence. Uh, it was not a coincidence. It was done purposely. So as we get going today, Patrick, there are three versions of this game that are available to play right now. Mm -hmm. Which one are we playing and why? So we're trying to go pretty much in release order. We skipped around so that we could play Ocarina with everybody when it came out on Switch. I feel like jumping ahead and playing the Switch remake of this game, which is delightful and I recommend everybody play it, would be skipping too far ahead into the future and would disrupt the delicate balance that we have right now of semi-release order. So then it comes back to, okay, there's two versions for Game Boy, one for the original Game Boy, one for the Game Boy Color. Which do we do? So we chose DX because it's pretty much the exact same game as the original Link's Awakening, but it's colorful, which is nice to look at. It has an extra dungeon, which is fun to dive into. And... It's fun to look at. <laughs> you know, it's like, we're not, we're not going to play both Link's Awakening and Link's Awakening DX, so we might as well Correct. go for the souped-up version that the gameplay is the same. It, you know, I'm sure there's some glitches in the original that they fixed, but we don't like play with glitches, so that's not going to change anything. Mm. And it's still an old game. You know, it's still retro, as the kids call it, uh, call it these days. Yeah, and, and I think, um, you know, as, as always, we are utilizing Zelda Dungeon 
and Zelda universe uh, to kind of get most of our information from. And I'm on Zelda Dungeon right now, and there are really very few differences. We don't want to get into any of them. You can look them up on your own. This is a 25 plus year old game. So, you know, nothing that you might be spoiled on, but you might be playing it for the first time. So there, like Patrick said, there is an extra dungeon that we will be going over. Uh, and then there's also a really cool uh, photographer uh, structure yeah. that um, utilizes in-game kind of mouse taking pictures of you at uh, certain <laughs> moments. Are we going to uh, do that? Really- that's really fun. That's really fun. I think we'll do that. I think yeah. we'll do it. I did it last yeah. time I played through. And then there are only three additional uh, changes. Uh, one is that there are owl statues that have been changed. Um, and then there are two places in the game where there is something different. Uh, and we will touch on those when we get there. But I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who might be playing this game for the first time with us. Uh, I've already had some people on Twitter and Discord say they were just waiting to play this game for when we started, and yeah. so uh, we'll touch on those two changes. But other than that, you really just have you have some uh, the updated color, and you have uh, five changes uh, between the two games. And so we're really, like Patrick said, we weren't going to play both, and so why not play the DX version? Uh, I think we'll probably play the Switch version in, by my calculation, we're about four and a half to five years away from that. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. So by that point, you know, it'll be nice and fresh. Well, uh, Tears of the Kingdom or Tears of the Kingdom <laughs> will probably take up a big chunk of the back half of 2023. Exactly. Patrick and I. So yeah, our plan right now is to play this uh, up until when that game comes out and then figure out how to do this podcast uh once we get to tears slash tears of the kingdom yeah that's gonna be a tricky that's gonna be a tricky one we might just have to fly me out and beat the whole game in like three weeks or do like a 48 hour live stream marathon yeah that could be fun but back to Link's awakening (laughs) again ben ben said hello dreamers which is what we do on the sandman unlocked podcast that we're running for neil game and sandman the comic book, and the Netflix series. And it's also relevant in this game. The title is Link's Awakening, after all. And again, old game. We're going to accidentally hit you with some spoilers, but for now, let's just leave it at this game has something to do with dreams, which were a big part of my life. When I was a kid, my mom would always ask me about my dreams every morning. And I've recently learned that Ben was jealous of my (laughs) relationship with dreams. Ben, did you have any dreams last night? None that I could remember, Patrick. None that you can remember. I did, but I at this point I can't remember them much. A lot of a lot of it involved being back in high school. I had this is something we're gonna do every episode, by the way, because we're playing Link's Awakening. Absolutely. I remember just a couple days ago I had a dream that I was like, okay, I have a master's degree. Why on earth am I in high school? Like, is everybody messing with me, mom? And mom was like, that everybody was ignoring me until I put my foot down. I was like, no, tell me why I'm in high school if I have a master's degree. Am I out of my mind? Like, is this all an illusion? And mom says to me, well, Pat, you have good days and you have bad days. (laughs) Which is honestly maybe one of the scariest things that I've ever had happen to me in a dream. Very frightening. Very, very frightening. frightening. 
I got I had two more things before we jump into the meat and potatoes of this uh, episode. So the first, we have a choice we have to make, Patrick. Oh, okay. Are we calling this season the Ballad of the Podcast, or are we calling it the Podcast of the Windfish? You know, I already made the logo, and ah, choices are being made for us. I by, we, old, by we historical made, Patrick. We made this decision a year ago when we were going to initially launch the season. By historical Benjamin too, apparently. And I don't remember because I haven't looked at the logo <laughs> since you decided that I wasn't allowed to play my favorite Zelda game because Classic. the Switch announced Ocarina of Time. So Classic older brother move, for sure. I don't know. It's on my hard drive. I got to bust it out. Is that a good enough answer? Can we leave all this peek behind the curtain talk in? <laughs> I love it. No, absolutely. Cool. This is what this is what people pay for, I think. This right? is what people yeah, this is what they want. Give the people think, what they want. I think this is what they want. I think it's what they want. So All right. So what was the second one? The second one is unlike our other podcast, we actually get to update people about our lives because we think you care about them. And oh, if you yeah. don't, you can skip ahead a couple minutes and we'll be into the actual episode. Yeah, hit that hit that fifteen second forward a few times. Yeah, and you'll this doesn't usually take too long, but Patrick. What have you been up to? Uh, I think our last episode was about six months ago by the time people uh, hear mm-hmm. this. It's been a wild summer. I played a lot of shows all over the eastern United States, which is now what I call anything east of the Mississippi. I thought you were going to say anything east of the Rockies. You're like, Rockies and east. <laughs> <laughs> I I played some really good shows with Basil and the Supernaturals. I played some really good solo shows. I was out east traveling for almost... A little over three months, it seems like. Now yeah, it was it was probably like... it was probably a little over two months. Anyway, and I got a lot of shows in. I put out a record on my record label Whack. We put out a, an album from Miles Cook that was really cool. And I prepped to put out my own album in a month or so that I'm sure I'll touch on briefly. Uh, a lot of work. We've been doing the Sandman podcast, which has been a lot of fun. I've never read the comic. And so to be able to read along with a theologian and a comic books expert, every issue breaking it down and you kind of guiding them through it has been delightful and just chilling. And then to top it all off, I went to a wedding That's not, right, not too was- long ago. Instrumental in the wedding of myself and my now wife. Yeah, that wedding was dope. Thank you. Good Thank job. You. Was, Thank you. Thank you. It was. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna say I did 30 percent of the work, and Jenny did about 70 percent of the work. I think that's about <laughs> the right breakdown, which we knew going into it. I, sure. You know. You know. I knew that I didn't have. Uh, quite as much time available because of some other commitments that I already made. Uh, but we wanted to get married in October and Jenny was able to really <laughs> spend a whole lot of time uh, doing a lot of the, a lot of the pieces and parts of it. Uh, and Patrick was the uh, MC for the wedding mm-hmm. and was, uh, was instrumental in everybody having a very good time uh, once we were at the reception. Sound guy, MC, DJ, front of house manager. Pat spent something like two and a half to three hours trying to get a stupid <laughs> PA system to work, which the day honestly, I think we wedding. thought 
we thought that was going to be one of the easiest things. That was, that was the line item for that, I think, was about 20 minutes. Set up PA, 20 minutes. Yeah, no, it's always a lot more complicated than that. I was working with a PA system that I've used before, but it just uh, didn't want to work. The, our neighbor, Pete, was the one that ended up saving the day. I had to connect the... I had to connect the iPad to a guitar amp and then run that through the PA to get the sound to come out right. I don't know why. I don't know how. It has something to do with uh, external power. Uh, all I cared about was that I got it done in time to give myself 15 minutes to get dressed and ready for the ceremony. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. So, so yeah, so uh, Jenny and I are freshly back from a really relaxing honeymoon. and Yeah, how was it? Kinda... I haven't heard about it at all. It was amazing. It was, it was, you know, I think it was probably the first vacation that I've ever had where the entire point of the five days was just to relax. And yes. It was great. Good. I relaxed for five days, and it was amazing. I can't even imagine you relaxing for five days. That's wonderful. Congratulations. I mean, I think the most I did, one day we went on a two-hour walking tour of old San Juan. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Very easy. And most days it was getting up, having brunch together, walking to the beach, sitting at the beach. I think we both read like two or three books while we were there. It's just, <laughs> that's the way you want it to go. You know, just, ah, uh, yeah. That's incredible. Warm water as well. Like, I'm just not used to mm. warm water. Yes, the warm yes. water. Just warm water. Warm I love ocean that. water. You know, in my yeah. speech, I mentioned that this relationship is an opportunity for you to relax and reflect. And you're starting, you're starting off good, man. Relaxing for five days straight. Five days straight. Five days straight. So. Good job. I think there's only one other change for this season after some feedback, mostly from myself. Um, we are dropping the Zelda Minute as a feature of every single episode. I think if there is exciting news about tears slash tears of the kingdom, we will definitely be sure to touch on that. But we're doing some really great work with the folks over at Zelda Universe, and they just cover it so much better. We're yeah. not trying to be that kind of podcast. Uh, so yeah. it'll probably be us just parodying Zelda Universe and the cool stuff they're doing over there. So, again, shout out to the folks over there. Shout out especially to Joshua, who uh, we did a interview with over the summer as one of the, the side quest episodes as we were mm -hmm. on a break. And uh, yeah, we're really excited to see all of the great content and to what is Nintendo going to show us next over the uh, seven months, I think, that we have. What seven will or eight they come up with next? You know, Ben is extremely ambitious and comes to me with this idea. Not only are we going to do another season right now and switch gears entirely and completely change our setup, but also... I'm going to do a Zelda minute every episode and I'm going to video it and then I'm going to edit the video and then I'm going to put the video on YouTube and then we're going to try to grow our YouTube subscribers and I'm just over here like, can we just try to get the audio to work first? <laughs> can that be the first thing we do? And, you know, we did the Zelda minute every every episode. We didn't end up we making did? a video element, but no, I, it, was, it was cool. I liked making the theme song for that. 
the, the that was fun. We'll music. find we'll find uses for that theme song for sure. Yeah, we could do a Zelda minute every now and then, I'm sure. Yeah, but you know, we're trying to keep this low committal. We're doing every other week on this season. We run a podcast company and we have another podcast. And so we're just gonna kinda go back and forth every other week. It gives everybody at home a little more relaxed schedule that wants to play along with us. And it ensures that our content will be tip top. That's what we're going for. Tip tip top content. Tippity top, tippity top content. So without what is that Chloe behind you? Chloe? Oh, Chloe it's Beetle! Beetle, what are you it's doing Be- back there? What's he doing? Wow. He's still here. Who'd have thunk after all this time? What do you got for us, Beetle? All right, so some quick facts as we get things going here. So as Patrick said, we're going to be playing The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DX. This game came out in 1998 globally, and it is just a colorization for the most part of the 1993 Game Boy game Link's Awakening. And it is set on a mysterious island called Koholint. And it will be Link's adventure on this island as he explores it and tries to understand what's happening. What's happening? What's happening? What's going on? What's going on? The one thing I wanted to point out before we dive into the manual here is that this is the Link from A Link to the Past. So he has. He has defeated Ganon in the Link to the Past, and then it's being pushed forward, and this is a direct sequel uh, mm-hmm. to that game. Uh, so he is... gets on a boat after fixing all the stuff in A Link to the Past. Does he fix all the stuff? Is this the timeline where everything's groovy? No. So this is the timeline that has Oracle of Seasons, Oracle of Ages during the era of Light and Dark. And then gotcha. this is when Ganondorf defeated Link. Ah, uh, dark timeline. Link yep. crash lands on an island. There's no Zelda. There's no Ganon. It is one of the only games that doesn't take place in Hyrule. It's really fun. I like it. It's a, it's a breath of fresh air, in my opinion. It's a breath of fresh air. And speaking of that, why don't we take a look at the prologue from the manual? Though you fulfilled the Hyrulean prophecy of the legendary hero and destroyed the evil tyrant Ganon, the land of Hyrule enjoyed only a precarious peace. Who knows what threats may arise from Ganon's ashes? The restless people murmured as they knitted their brows and shook their heads. Ever vigilant, you decided to journey away from Hyrule on a quest for enlightenment in search of wisdom that would make you better able to withstand the next threat to your homelands. Months of difficult travel passed. After a long and fruitful voyage, you breathed deeply the sea spray from the deck of the ship that carried you home to Hyrule. But your homecoming was not to be. Suddenly, a squall struck your ship, and though you valiantly fought the waves, a lightning bolt reduced your ship to splinters. Your world faded to black as you sank into the darkness of the storm-tossed sea with the remains of your craft. But in the cold darkness of the deep, you heard a comforting voice that reminded you of home. It was the voice of Princess Zelda. You're going to be all right, the voice said. What a relief. 
You opened your eyes to find Princess Zelda standing over you. Or was it? Actually, it turned out to be a woman named Marin. She explained that you had drifted with the wreckage of your ship to the shores of Koholint Island. This mysterious island was unique for the gigantic egg which crowned its central mountain. It was said that a mythical creature, the windfish, lay asleep inside the egg. You set out in search of your sword and other gear that might have washed up on the beach with you. As you stood in the surf with your recovered sword, a strange owl appeared and hooted this riddle. Awaken the windfish, and all will be answered. Wait, hold on, hold on. No, no. You're not going to do no. the owl voice it's a different from Macarena? Owl. It's a different owl. It's a different owl. It's a different owl. Give us a little bit. Give us a little owl, though. You know, don't just give us a, a smooth voice. Come on, you got something in there. Woohoo! Awaken the windfish, and all will be answered. <laughs> you had to do that the whole season. <laughs> Damn it! No. What is the windfish? You wonder, and what did its awakening portend? Your most mysterious adventure yet, following the riddle of the windfish through the uncharted island of Koholint, is about to unfold. All right. So obviously, what is different about this game? is that you're going from the SNES, which had uh, four face buttons and two shoulder buttons, down to the Game Boy, which only has the D-pad and Mm -hmm. the A and B button, which is very Mm -hmm. similar to the NES setup. And the, the one change they make, so if you've ever played the original The Legend of Zelda for the NES, you're able to adjust what is in your B button slots. So A is always going to be your sword, but your B button slot is adjustable. Well, in this game, you're actually able to adjust both your A and B buttons. So there can be times when you don't have your shield or your sword equipped. You could have uh-huh. the shuffle, the shovel and the magic powder equipped, for example. So one of the things in this game is you do end up doing a lot of menuing as you are selecting which items you need at any given time. Um, for instance... In the second dungeon, you're going to get the power bracelet, which we're going to read about here momentarily. Every time you want to use the power bracelet to pick something up, you have to equip it. So there is quite a bit of menuing, and that is what this next page talks to you about. And, you know, I found that when I introduced this game to people, I let them know there's going to be menuing because it can be irritating if you don't anticipate it. I think that's But smart. just accept that it's going to be a part of your gameplay. I considered speed running this game at one point Mm. because I've played it so many times. It seemed like a game that I could speed run. You know, I could probably do some Mega Man games, but they're so hard. And sometimes I just can't land that jump onto that moving platform. And it seems very nerve wracking, but this game seemed like one that I could do until I watched a speed run of this game. And it's, like half the thing is just like rapid fire menuing, which is a little too much for me. I take my time with my menu. Yeah, you got to know the things that you're going to enjoy when it comes to something that you want to speed run because yeah, it's something like the menuing in it as I have also watched someone speed run it. And it's just, it's so much menuing. And, and what makes the menuing even a bit more confusing is the items replace the current item in its location in the submenu. Right. 
So the sword isn't always, for instance, the top left item in the shield is the top right item in the sub menu. It's wherever yeah. you swapped it out for. And so that can make it even more challenging. And, and in the speed runs, you'll see people, if they miss menu, that can cause them a lot of problems later on because then things aren't lined up how they're supposed to be and they actually right. have to look down at the screen more carefully to, to do their menuing. Yeah. It complicates things, but I assume that none of you are trying to speed run through this while we take our time through the game. Although I do anticipate this is going to go a little bit faster just because I'm more familiar with this than either of us are with Ocarina. Absolutely. Absolutely. So page six and seven introduce the menu here and tell you about selecting items and viewing the subscreen. We have some cool little pictures of Link. One of them is one is him slashing and the other is him swimming. So we get, you know, the information that Link will be swimming in this game, which is cool. Very cool. Very cool. On page eight, it says, beginning your journey. Correctly insert the Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DS game pack into your Game Boy system and move the power switch to the on position, which is great that it's telling you how to put the game into it's just system. making it really clear. It's just making it really clear. Yep. It's just laying it right out. Give your hero a name. They don't tell you to use a, a wacky name or which name to use, but they tell you how to give your hero oh, but a name. Look, if you look in the third uh, screen grab, yeah. Klopkia is right there. They, they named him And he looks like he has full hearts. Looks like he already <laughs> beat the game. That's wild. So then it talks about how to delete save files and how to copy save files. But now we get into the good stuff. We get into the screen display features. Yeah. And again, this is one of those things where it's, you know, we read the manual because they give you a manual. So we read it because we think it's important, especially for these older games. You got to read the menu, the, the manual. Like, that's just the thing you have to do. Yeah. But someone put in a lot of thought, you know, into, you know, what to include here and, and what to point out. And so they want to make sure you know what, where your heart container is and what it does for you, what your selected mm -hmm. items are, what rupees are, what, like mm -hmm. who you are on the screen. These are all things that my guess is most people listening to this podcast know all these things because video games are a part of who they are, you know, but right. when this originally came out in 1993, you know, that was just a few years after the Game Boy had even come out, you know, you still have to give people a lot of guidance when, when they're jumping into a game here. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know about all y'all, but I have picked up so many old games specifically at this point through the switch and tried to play them and i'm like i don't know what i'm doing it'd be really nice if the switch included the manuals in their online pack what my family plan renewed today by the way and they don't and it's kind of a bummer because i don't know what's going on in half these games i play and it might over explain a little bit at times but you can just skip past the stuff that you don't know so again highly recommend opening up a digital version of a of a manual if you're playing an older game. So then we get our first glimpse here of the map screen and quite a bit of it is actually kind of filled in here. I mean, if you, you drill yeah. down into this, the, the whole thing's there. So you can actually see the entirety of the map. So we have a 16 by 16, uh, so that's 256 tiles. 
um, mm-hmm. that I'm pretty sure all of them are accessible. Uh, that makes it a little bit bigger than the original Legend of Zelda. Um, there right. are some people who have done some comparisons uh, there. And on the map screen, we get four different icons that they want to draw us towards. So we learn that there are dungeons, and that's where the sirens' musical instruments are hidden, and there are eight of them. Nice. We see, do you know what that symbol is called? The exclamation point followed directly by a question mark? I don't. It's called an interbang. An interbang. An interbang. Cool. I didn't know that. These mysterious marks show important locations that you need to visit to proceed through the game. You will have to visit these places to find out what they actually are. You know, I have a question. When you ask a question in writing and you also want to make it an exclamation, do you put the exclamation point before or after the question mark? I think I would do shift one for the exclamation point first and then shift backslash for the... Uh, question. You know, I think that I do the question mark second as well, but I've been told by people that they do the question mark first. Maybe the reason that both of us do the exclamation point first is because we saw this interbang in Zelda. I like it. Maybe that's the reason. So we have our map here, and if you'll notice... Kind of in the bottom right-hand corner of the map, there's Beetle. Oh just, my he's goodness. on the map. Beetle's on the map. He's, he's everywhere. He's everywhere you want to be. What's up, Beetle? So I looked it up, and apparently you're not allowed to use both an exclamation point and a question mark in snooty formal written English. And apparently people use both combinations throughout the ages but what about the iterobang well that is something that i didn't dive too deep into but you can use that for other stuff unconventional punctuation mark used in various written languages and intended to combine the functions of the question mark and the exclamation mark and sometimes it's just one symbol in this case it's the the double i like when it's the one symbol i like what i really like is when it's the one symbol where it's one dot but then it has a question mark kind of coming off to the left and an exclamation point coming off to the right. Yeah, I dig yeah. it. So underneath, so underneath the mysterious marks that show important locations, there are shops. Jamps. And there aren't that many shops. Jamps. And then there's a little owl symbol Woo-hoo. that is a message. Now, I notice on the map that we have, like, the woods off in the west, the water off in the east. We have an ocean shore down south, and we have mountains up north. And then centrally, I see, like, a a castle of sorts Mm. and a big tree. And this is kind of reminiscent of A Link to the Past. Absolutely. Absolutely. It really reminds me of that map. Up next on page 16, it tells you how to move your character. The basic moves are walking, talking and reading, opening treasure chests, pushing, and drum roll, (laughs) leaping. So you'll be hopping off of some ledges. It shows you here. And that just happens automatically. Absolutely. Which is 
which is cool to be to be hopping around. They show you a little bit of screenshots of the game. You're in a dungeon. You're talking to a little boy. Hey, dude. Blah, 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 blah. So that's exciting. Again, the pushing mechanic that's really important in Zelda. We'll, we're going to be solving some puzzles by pushing some stuff around. So next, uh, they talk about using items. And so this is kind of our first entree into the subscreen where we're able again to you can put items in either a or b and so they let us know that we have our normal sword blows and our whirling blade technique right these are both things that we saw in the previous mm -hmm. game a link to the past we also see that we're going to be able to jump in this game using something called rocks feather yeah we also get the pegasus boots again which allow us to jump much further than normal if we use them. Yeah, and the illustrations here are just so great. It's Link, and it's not like it's full-grown Link. You know, you're an adult here, and I highly recommend checking these out. They look just like the Super Nintendo Link illustrations. One thing I like that they do here is we have defend, and it says, note, you must press the button to bring your shield up into a ready position. So this will be different than the previous three games that have come out. Mm -hmm. So in the other ones, the shield was just passive in front of you. As long as you weren't attacking at that moment, the shield would reflect whatever was coming at it, assuming, of course, that that shield had the power, let's say, to reflect that particular projectile coming at it. But here you actually have to press the button. Mm -hmm. And then the next two pages... Make use of some items, which I don't want to give away all of it, but you can run, ram objects, lift and throw, pull, swim, and some other moves. And if you read through the whole thing, you basically figure out exactly what you're going to get in this entire game, which brings us to heroic equipment, which actually lays out every item that you'll be receiving, including what looks like all of the items to start the trade game, which is kind of surprising that they put, for example, the doll in here, right? Yeah, yeah, the doll. That's kind of the 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 start of the trading game. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah, it really is. And so, uh, as Patrick said, you can read the manual. We're reading the manual, uh, let's say, lightly, uh, because yeah. we do know that there are some people here that haven't played the game before, and you might just want to be surprised by everything. You don't need to read the heroic equipment to be able to play the game. You will Correct. be able to figure out what all these things do. Uh, they are all classic items that you will certainly uh, be familiar with, and we would certainly encourage you that if you're trying to play this spoiler-free, we're not going to ruin it by talking about each of the items, but they're here uh, if you did want to come and take mm -hmm. a look. I will take a moment to comment on the secret shells that are scattered throughout the island. Mm. If you find enough of them, something good is sure to happen. Yeah. And that's something that will pop up on the screen over and over again as we find <laughs> these secret shells. So we know that there are eight dungeons, and here we can see that on the next page, we are told about at least five keys that we need. We have a tail key, a slime key, an angler key, a <laughs> bird key, and a face key. I love that face. So that's all things that we are going, keys that we're going to have to find somewhere in the world to be able to get into some of these dungeons that have the sirens instruments in them. Mm -hmm. We also have dungeon items, the map and the compass, 
The compass will indicate the location of the dungeon's nightmare and the position of treasure chests that you have not opened. Which is good. It shows you where the treasure chest chests are. We got some stone slabs and fragments that are going to come in handy. The nightmare key looks like a luchador mask. It's really cool. It really does. Right? That's really cool. And it kind of shows you how the map, once you're inside the dungeon, lights up. And what the indicators tell you about navigating around those dungeons. And I'm kind of looking to see if there's anything I don't know in here. And it's pretty all straightforward. You know, this is the first time I've ever read this manual, to be completely honest. There you go. We always love honesty here on the Hyrule Podcaster. <laughs> we do love honesty. So... We know that we're going to have to solve the riddle of the windfish with the sirens' mm -hmm. musical instruments. And so those are listed out here, and we have eight really cool uh, items that yeah. they, they spend some time with. So we have the thunder drum, the full moon cello, the conch horn, the sea lily bell, the surf harp, the wind marimba, the coral triangle, and the organ of evening calm. So that is what we are collecting. If we succeed, that is. That is true. You never know. And then they give you a couple of hints about fragile walls that you can bomb, which is very kind of them to tell you. I mean, you all probably know about this because you've probably played a Zelda game before. Some pitfalls, don't fall down the hole. And we have fairies in this game, large and tiny fairies. Large and tiny fairies. Absolutely. We also have heart containers and heart pieces. So we'll be collecting heart fragments to build larger heart pieces while we walk around the world. It tells you how to save and continue, which, honestly, if you didn't read the manual, how are you supposed to know how to quit the game? You press start, select A and B at the same time. Yep. To be able to select save and quit. Like, how are you supposed to know that? Now, luckily, it auto-saves every time that you, like, enter and then and exit a, a dungeon and some shops and stuff like that. But how is are you that, supposed to know? To is th I don't think that's true on the, D uh, on the Game Boy version. It is, yeah. Okay. It auto-saves on that one, too. All right. Then they tell us a few things we should know about Koholint Islands. So it's full of mysteries and riddles, but they let us know about a few things we might want to check out. There's a fishing pond, a trendy game, a tool shop, and a telephone booth. All things and we'll I might get to explore. Remind, I might remind my brother here that when we started this podcast, Ben says, and we'll get into some stuff later, like trading games and fishing, which I always like in Zelda games. And then... <laughs> Pretty quickly, you were like, wait, I don't like fishing in Zelda games. It just like <laughs> totally made that up off the jump. But the fishing in this game is pretty fun. It's it's a self-contained event. We get a cast of characters coming up next. Marin and Terran and the owl. The mysterious uh, owl. The is mysterious he a friend owl. Or foe. You don't know. Everything he's hiding his face with his wing. Link's taking a break next to a tree under underneath the owl. And then you get Grandpa Ulrira, Mr. Wright, and Crazy Tracy. Those are the three that they choose to focus on here. I'm interested why they chose those. I mean, clearly the grandpa's helpful, uh, as for, for reasons we'll find out soon. 
But Mr. Right and Crazy Tracy, it's interesting that they chose those two because there's so many characters. And that's what makes this game stand out to me from the other games is that so there were a lot of characters in Link's Awakening, but the characters in this game are wacky and odd and just unlike anything that we've seen in in Zelda so far. I'd say even wackier and odder than the characters in Ocarina. Absolutely. And the very last page here talks about the new features. So we touched on these briefly during the introduction, but we have a brand new color dungeon. You have to have a Game Boy Color in order for this to mm -hmm. work. And we have a camera store and photographer that is somewhere on the islands. So those are the mm -hmm. two additions that they let you know about as a part of this remake um, um, colorization, let's say. I don't think remake's quite mm -hmm. the right word. Colorization of colorization. the game. And you can print out the pictures that you take in this game, like the, what is it, like eight standard pictures that you encounter. Yep. If you have a Game Boy printer sold separately, uh, we don't have a Game Boy printer, which is kind of kind of ridiculous that i don't own a game boy printer i feel like i have what 18 game boys i should have a printer i'm gonna put that on my i'm gonna put that on my wish list i like it i like it and lastly important warning copying of any nintendo game is illegal <laughs> and is strictly prohibited by domestic and international copyright laws but it's gonna read the whole archival copies are not authorized and are not <laughs> stop, necessary stop, to perfect stop. your software violators very will be page. prosecuted <laughs> and never allowed to enter the shop again that's a foreshadowing joke so the the final two pages are for notes notes, and notes. i am very curious if we wrote notes in our original manual or not well we were definitely um people who took lots of notes and used the manual when we were growing up i feel like you said yeah. you didn't read it but maybe you you never read it in a way that you can state you know, emphatically that like, yes, I remember sitting there, but I guarantee you sure. every game that we bought at Chapel Hill mall on the ride home, <laughs> we were flipping through that manual yeah, before right. we got home in the back you're of the right. car. Cause so. we weren't allowed to play the game, even though it was a handheld system, we weren't allowed to play the game until we got home. Right. So we right. could only read the manual in the car, which was very, very exciting. And I'm sure our mother was just like, oh, don't tear the packaging open, you know, as we right. destroyed the beautiful packaging in order to get to the meat and bones of what we were excited to experience. Pretty good manual. And we're excited to experience season four yeah. with all of you. Very excited. We're going to start in a couple weeks. We'll pop into your little feed there on however you're listening. And you can play along with us. Ben, we finally made it to The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. You got to love when, uh, when, you, when you cover the thing that is your favorite. Uh, it will yes. just bring you so much more joy as you're sitting there editing uh, two podcasts now. Just remember <laughs> that. This was a choice. And we got the other one we're working on, too. I know. Too. I know. So. Cool. Well, hey. That wraps it up for today. We did want to say a huge thank you to all of our patrons who 
over the last six months have continued to support us. Uh, we made sure that we got out usually an interview or something interesting mm-hmm. every month. Um, we know that uh, it is a financial burden to uh, to support you know people that are doing things you're excited about and you're passionate about. But we really appreciate you know thank all you, the thank help you, thank you that we get from from all of you. And uh, with, with that. If you want to support us on Patreon, head on over. We also just have an awesome Discord. So if you just want to we come really do. chill out with us, you can uh, you can find it there. Links are mm-hmm. in the show notes. And with that, we cannot wait to see you for the kickoff of Season 4 of the... Hyrule Podcasters! <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye! See you next time. Peace, peace, peace. We're back! Thanks for listening to this episode of Hyrule Podcasters. Podcast of the Windfish. An odd conduit media production. If you like what you're hearing and want to support us directly, you can head over to our Patreon page. We'd also love to see you in our Discord. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Hyrule Podcasters and on Twitter at Hyrule Podcaster. As always, this episode was produced by Patrick. And we'd like to thank LT Headtrip for composing original music for the podcast, including our theme song. If you want to play along, you can find Link's Awakening DX on Game Boy, Game Boy Color, or the 3DS via their virtual console. The Nintendo Switch High Definition Remake is also a great option to play along. And be sure to rate and review us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen. And action! I gotta say the beetle ad breaks are easier than the other ad breaks. Those ones are well, kind of hard to Well, you made yourself fly. come up with a brand new thing every time. <laughs> I gotta say, oh look, and Crystal's coming in at the ad break. This is wow. perfect timing. <laughs> During the ad break. That Hi, was pretty perfect timing. We're back for a new season what of up, Crystal? Hyrule Podcasters. I believe it's Hyrule Podcasters. <laughs> you got it. And I think that you just gave us our blooper reel, too. (laughs) All right, you ready to come back in, Ben? I am. Three, two, one. Odd Conduit Media.